listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to continue with... um. I'm giving you 50 life-changing confessions that you must speak over your family and over your life. Uh, On Monday, we covered um, uh, 10 of those. And so today, I'm going to give you 13 more. Tomorrow, I'll give you 13, and we'll finish up uh, with, what, 14 or so? I don't know how how to do math uh, on the final day Friday. And then, of course, I'm going to give you all of these in... Uh, a PDF format that you can keep on your phone, that you can keep on your tablet, wherever you go. You can even print it out and use it uh, wherever you are. Uh, I feel like at some point, this will be some sort of a, a book or something. Maybe I'll add more 101 faith confessions. Um, but I told you today, I was going to give you a secret from Brother Hagen. And Brother Hagen um, said something that was, for me, life-changing. Um, when he was teaching on the subject of confession. And he said this, he said, your faith will never rise higher than the level of your confession. Let me say that again. Your faith, the manifestations of your faith will never rise higher than the level of your confession. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the manifestations of God's power are not simply released because you believe. The spirit of faith is not released because you believe. Did you notice that even when you get saved, there's a believing action, but then there's also a speaking action? You notice that. When you get saved, there's a believing action, but there's also a speaking action. How do we get saved? The Bible says we have to Uh, Number one, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. So there's the speaking action. But then there's a believing action. And believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Did you notice it's not enough to believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. That's not enough to be saved. The Bible says there's a speaking action associated with it if you're going to receive salvation. You have to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And so Brother Hagin taught us that um, your faith can never rise higher than the level of your confession. If your confession is all screwed up, then your life will be screwed up. Once again on Facebook, wonderful to have with us Bill Murray, very famous actor, Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters, It's just a blessing that Bill Murray is able to jump on and be a part of these broadcasts every day. And so, Bill Murray, thanks for your filmography, which we've appreciated over the years. Caddyshack. Um, Your faith will never manifest at a greater level than your confession. And so, your confession has to be intact. So, you say, how... How do you formulate a proper confession? That's what we're covering this week. How do you formulate a proper confession? You do it by the word of God. The word of God should shape and form our confessions. No question about it. The word of God should shape and form our confessions. That's why when I give you these PDF or this PDF with these confessions, Um, it's not just going to have the confessions. It's going to have the verses of Scripture connected to each confession. And so I want to give you um, 13 more today. And we finished with number 10 on Monday, which was, I walk in the anointing of joy. Heaviness cannot reside in me, Hebrews 1.9. I walk in the anointing of joy. Heaviness cannot reside in me. Today is uh, starting with number 11. Put it in the comments, number 11. I have a spirit of peace. No anxiety can remain in my life. 
I have a spirit of peace. No anxiety can remain in my life. That's number 11. And that comes, obviously, from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, where Paul said to Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So we say it out of our mouths, I have a spirit of peace. I have a spirit of peace, not a spirit of fear. I've got power, love, and a sound mind. No anxiety can remain in my life. In fact, did you know the Bible says that we have a peace that goes beyond natural human understanding? That's what the Bible says. We have a peace that goes beyond natural human understanding. And so I have a spirit of peace. No anxiety can remain in my life in the mighty name of Jesus. It's not allowed. And so you have to make up your mind. I'm not going to just let things come and sit and stay in my life as a believer. I refuse to allow them to operate in me. That's why we've been saying all year three things. I got a spirit of faith. I've got a spirit of joy. I've got a spirit of peace. I've got a spirit of faith. I've got a spirit of joy. I've got a spirit of peace. It's the same thing I'm saying here, that you cannot remain. You anxiety, spirit of anxiety, or what the Bible calls a spirit of fear has to go, cannot remain in your life. Amen, Sandy. That's number 11. Number 12, put it in your notes, put it in the comments. Because I'm a tithing giver, people are showing up from everywhere to bless me. Because I'm a tithing giver, People are showing up from everywhere to bless me. Amen. The Bible says in Luke chapter six, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will God cause men and women to give into your bosom? In fact, I'll take you there because this always makes me laugh. You got people that say, brother, that passage in Luke chapter six is not talking about financial giving. It's talking about uh, forgiveness. That That's what it's talking about. But it's not talking just about forgiveness. In fact, Jesus here is actually uh, mentioning three different things. <clears throat> Number one, he's talking about judging people. So that's the first thing he covers in this little passage, this little paragraph, judging people. Then he moves on to forgiving people. Then he moves on to, to your personal giving. Three things in one passage. I'll read all, all of it to you at once. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others. This is Luke 6, 37 and 38. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, running over to make room for more, poured into your lap, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Amen. So he's talking about three different things at once, judging others, forgiving others, and giving to others. Amen. Because you're a tithing, giving believer, people are coming from everywhere to bless you. That's a Bible promise. Now, I understand that our goal is to be a blessing to others, but that doesn't negate that doesn't negate the actual promise here, the covenant that if you're a giver, people are showing up to bless you. People are showing up to bless you. In fact, I just want you to say it out loud or put it in the comments. People are showing up to bless me. People are showing up to bless me. Amen. That's number 12. Number 13. Because I remain humble, 
God is adding grace and favor to my life. Amen. That's right. Put it in the comments. This is number 13 now. Because I remain humble, God is adding grace and favor to my life. That's powerful right there. Yes, they are, John Puma. Yes, they are, Ted Milton. I'm going to pop over to the book of James, chapter 4, and verse 6. The Bible says, and let me flip back over to the ESV. The sixth verse, James 4, 6. But he, which is speaking of God, but God gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives more grace to the humble. That grace and favor that comes upon your life, it's attracted <clears throat> by supernatural humility. That's why the Bible says in the next verse, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Drop, drop down to verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Morning, Hunter. Verse 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. That's favor. When God takes a hold of you and lifts you up head and shoulders above the rest, that's favor. So verse six tells us that he'll give us more grace. Verse 10 tells us he'll give us more favor. What's the key? Humility. Because, because I remain humble, God is adding grace and favor to my life. Hallelujah. God is adding grace and favor to your life. That's number 13. By the way, just wondering, is the video quality still absolutely terrible? Let me know if it's at, let me know where it's at on a scale of one to 10. <laughs> I like one to 10 scales. Um, that's number 13. Because I remain humble, God is adding grace and favor to my life. These are things I'm telling you, and I'll give you the PDF, so don't worry. You're not gonna you're not gonna miss anything. <clears throat> but uh I would say these things every day. I'd say these things every day. Thank you, Lord, that as I'm humble before you today, you're adding more grace and more favor to my life. More grace and more favor to my life. Every day, just begin to thank him. I just begin to declare it. Grace and favor are being attracted to my life today. I have more grace and more favor in my life today as I remain humble before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's amazing because when you submit yourself to God, when you humble yourself before the Lord, say, how do you even do that? You know, people always say, how do you do that? How do you submit yourself to God? How do you humble yourself before the Lord? It's very easy. It's very easy. The number one way that you humble yourself before the Lord, the number one way that you submit yourself to God is just simply by obeying his written word. That's how you do it. Because there's nothing uh, that conveys more humility than saying, I'm not in charge of my life. God's in charge of my life. I don't make my own decisions for my life. I do what he says. He's my master. I'm his servant. There's nothing more humble than that. Nothing. Nothing. Obedience is truly the key that shows 
your humility and that humility, that meekness, it truly causes God to put his hand of grace and favor upon your life. And so how do you submit to God? How do you um, humble yourself before the Lord? What else is there? Here's the question. If you're submitting to something, right? For example, if you submit to the laws of your land that you live in, how, what are you submitting to? The things that are written, the things that are recorded. And so the same thing's true. What else could you submit to of God or about God other than what he's revealed to us in his word? I don't know anything about God outside of his word, nothing. Let me just say, say something else. Everything that can be known about God is found in his written word, everything. There's nothing the Holy Spirit can show you about God that's not in his written word. Say, really? The Holy Spirit can't show me anything more about God than what's in his word? No, because even if you did get some kind of revelation of additional knowledge about God, how what would you measure it to? How would you verify that it was accurate? Unless it could be found in his written word. You couldn't. You couldn't verify it. So everything that can be known about God is found in his written word. So when I submit, I'm submitting to his written word. I'm obeying his written word. People often ask, well, what about being led by the spirit? Yeah, but it's the word of God that instructs us to be led by the spirit. It's the word of God that's, that instructs us to do that. Romans chapter eight, verse 14. Let's take the next one. Number 14, this is confession number 14. Because I put my trust in the Lord, my life will not be cut short. I will have long life. I will have long life. You declare that over your life. You declare that over your life. And don't allow what you've heard happen to others or what you've seen happen to others, define your theology. You say what the Bible says. You know, I used to preach this thing where I would say, by faith, you know, that the Lord was protecting me wherever I went as I preached. And I'd say this, um, regarding f flying on planes, that when I step on a plane, Every other person on that plane should lift their hands and thank God that I just boarded the plane. Now, I know this for some people, this sounds arrogant, but I'm just speaking by faith. And I'd say, when I get on that plane, every other person ought to lift their hands and thank God that I just boarded that plane. Because the fact that I stepped onto that airplane means that plane's not going down. God didn't put me on that airplane to kill me. And, and, I, and I would preach like that. And um, then people would send me messages. Well, what about Brother Miles Monroe? You know, what about Brother Miles Monroe? You know, he died in a, in a plane crash and he was a faith preacher. But, you know, he wasn't protected from dying in that plane crash. But do you know something about that story? And Miles Monroe did die in a plane crash. But do you know that when he was flying, and I believe he was flying to the Bahamas, from the United States. And the, it, the weather was so bad that they had told them not to fly. And where they were gonna be landing, even large airliner planes were not, were not going, were not landing. And he told his guy, it'll be fine. You just take off, we'll be fine. The wind was too strong for the big planes. He was in his private jet, and they did it anyway against the advice of air traffic control, and uh, they flew, and I think they were, I, I forget where they were leaving from, but they were headed towards the Bahamas, <coughs> and they're coming in. The wind blew, and it was too much, and it ended up, from what I understood, blew their plane into a crane, and it crashed. And they died. Very sad. 
Very sad. But you can't say, well, the Lord didn't protect him. No, he gave him a warning. Told him not to do it. You can't. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you don't use wisdom. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you don't use wisdom. Wisdom and faith go together. Wisdom and faith go together. And so just because we declare, I believe that the word of God declares he's giving me long life. In fact, that verse for that confession is Psalm 91 and verse 16. And I agree, Joey. It's not just the natural warnings. The spirit of God gives you warnings and you have to listen to them. You have to listen to them. And that's why it's so important to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. When he speaks, you better hear it and you better listen and you better respond. That's why it's not optional that we be led by the Spirit. This is one of the main parts of our life as a Christian, Spirit-filled Christians, to be led by the Spirit. With The Bible says in Psalm 91, verse 16. I'll read actually the whole thing, verses 14 through 16. Talking about the righteous man. Because he holds fast to me in love, I'll deliver him. I'll protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I'll answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I'll rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So you declare it. Confession number 14. Because I put my trust in the Lord, my life will not be cut short. I'll have a long life. Psalm 91, 16. Amen. And you just declare it every day. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving me long life in Jesus' name. Confession number 15. Confession number 15. God's spirit is leading me perfectly today. Declare it. That's number 15. God's spirit is leading me perfectly today. Romans chapter 8. Uh, Beverly, the last psalm was Psalm 91, verse 16. Confession 15. God's spirit is leading me perfectly today. Romans 8, 14. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Into all truth. Jesus said that. Even in the Old Testament, the Bible says, I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. Amen. So what do we say every day? God is leading me perfectly today. As I go about my life decisions, my business decisions, my dealings with friends and family, every area, where I'm to go, what I'm to do, God's spirit is leading me perfectly today. For I'm led by the spirit. I'm a son of God. I'm led by the spirit of God. So say it and be, and be sensitive to it. Be so sensitive to it. I've told the story before. One day my father was uh, praying and the Lord showed him a vision of me getting in a car accident. And so he began to pray and pray and pray and pray until he felt that release in his spirit. Well, that night I got into a, an accident. Could have been far worse. I was driving with no seatbelt on, fell asleep driving to work through two lanes of oncoming traffic, through a restaurant parking lot, never hit any cars, telephone poles, people, parked cars, literally ended up in the middle of an empty warehouse parking lot with not a scratch on me because my father was led by the Spirit to pray and to pray and to pray. And so you can declare it, God is leading me perfectly today. He's leading me perfectly today. Number 16, confession number 16. Signs and wonders follow me wherever I go. 
Signs and wonders follow me wherever I go. Thank you, Jesus. Mark 16 and verse 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. If you're a believer, then signs and wonders follow you wherever you go. And this is our 16th confession of the 50 that I'm giving you. Signs and wonders follow me wherever I go. Good morning, Jackie. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils, right? If they lay their hands upon the sick, they shall recover. If they eat or drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. Signs and wonders follow me wherever I go. You are a sign and a wonder. Glory to God. You are a sign and a wonder. <clears throat> so what do you mean by that? You're a new creation. There's never been anything like you before. Think about that for a minute. Doesn't it blow your mind that with everything God created on the earth in six days of creation, there was nothing like you. And then he created Adam. Of course, Adam fell. And so Jesus came and saved one creation for thousands of years later the new creation, and that's you. That's you. You are a sign and a wonder. That's right, Sandy. Signs and wonders follow you and Lennox everywhere you go. These signs shall follow them that believe. Praise the Lord. I want you to get up and expect supernatural things to happen for you throughout the day. Expect things to happen that don't happen for other people. Expect things to happen. Expect encounters throughout the day. Expect it. Signs and wonders follow you. Amen, Barb. Number 17. I love this one. I love this one. Confession number 17 of the 50. <clears throat> I have access to divine secrets about the future when I pray. I have access to divine secrets about the future when I pray. It's number 17. Put that in your notes, put it in the comments. I have access to divine secrets about the future when I pray. Say, so what verse of scripture is that? Jeremiah 33 and verse 3 is something that God spoke to Jeremiah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament. Call unto me, and I'll answer you, and I'll show you. I'm going to read you a couple of translations because I like this a lot. Call unto me, and I'll answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's the ESV. Listen to the New Living Translation here. More of a thought for thought. Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. That's powerful. Ask me, and I'll tell you remarkable secrets that you do not know about things to come. So there's secrets about the future that you've got access to when you pray. You say, well, that was to Jeremiah. Yeah, it was. It was to Jeremiah. But I want you to think about something for a minute. Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet. He didn't even have the Holy Spirit living in him. The Holy Spirit would come upon him, but the Holy Spirit didn't live in him. The Holy Spirit is the giver 
of the gifts of the Spirit. They're his gifts. There's nine gifts of the Spirit that Paul lists in 1 Corinthians 12. One of those is the gift of prophecy. One of those is the word of wisdom, which often deals with the future. And so Jeremiah was under a worse covenant, a worse relationship with God than we are by far. Susie, that was Jeremiah 33.3. Now, we're not expecting the Holy Spirit to come upon us. He lives within us. And he lives within us forever. Forever. People are like, are you saying that we're all prophets? No, I'm not saying that we're all prophets. We don't all stand in the office of prophet. What I'm saying to you is, the one who showed Jeremiah things about the future was the Holy Spirit who would only interact with him temporarily. We we get to interact with him permanently and eternally because he lives in us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and he's the spirit of truth. We now have access to divine secrets about the future when we pray. Hallelujah. To divine secrets. That's why I wanted to show you a verse of scripture in uh, the New Living Translation. Uh, Ask me, and I'll tell you remarkable secrets that you do not know about things to come. Amen, Scott. Well, I'm glad that we're connected now. Brother Scott Caperton. So, uh, Confession 17 tells us this. I've got access to find secrets about the future when I pray. When I pray. Powerful. You know, I'll give you the, uh, Kristen said, tell a story about it, please. My uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, we were believing for a million-dollar miracle at the church in Virginia Beach. We were confessing it as a congregation, believing it for a million-dollar miracle. We had, and he he had gotten a hold of an, a space that was an old Sears hardware store, remodeled it, made it look beautiful. That became our church. We were in a plaza, and <clears throat> he was getting ready to go and speak to the owners of the plaza, talk about purchasing it. And um, he went to sleep. He had a dream. And in the dream, he saw God showed him a man that he'd never seen before and said, this is the man that you want to talk to about buying the building. Showed it to him in the in the dream. And so he saw exactly what he looked like. And the Lord showed him, this is the man. When they got there, all of the owners assembled in the room, and my uncle was with his attorney. And he said, I don't think we're all here. He said, no, we're all here. The meeting's getting ready to start. He said, no, I think we're waiting on somebody because he didn't see the guy he saw in his dream. So when his attorney asked, they said, yeah, we are waiting on, on one more guy. And the guy they were waiting on, when he came into the room, that was the guy my uncle saw in the dream, saw him perfectly, what he looked like, everything. Well, say, why did the Lord show him that man? Because they were shareholder owners of that property. But that man owned 51% of the share. The rest of them did not want to sell the building, but the man that owned 51% did. And that's the man the Lord showed my uncle. When they sat down at the table, the man said, yeah, I do want to sell it. And when they bought it, I remember we'd been confessing a million dollar miracle. When the day they signed the papers and purchased that plaza, they bought it for $1 million less than it was worth. We walked into that ownership 
with $1 million equity in that property. We came back and told the church that place erupted. We had, you talk about having a praise break. We had a praise break. Praise break. What did it come through? The Lord showed my uncle something about the future, secrets about the future. That, that comes because the Holy Spirit, not only is he the spirit of truth, he can show you and he guides you and he leads you. And so we declare it. I have access to divine secrets about the future when I pray. Jeremiah 33, 3. Number 18. Number 18. I love this. Because I'm a new creature or a new creation, I have access to God's thoughts. Hallelujah. So why is that so great? I'll tell you this. The reason it's so great is because of what he revealed to the prophet Isaiah. God said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, your thoughts, says the Lord. Because he is the almighty God, obviously. His ways and his thoughts are much higher than our ways and our thoughts. But you know what's great in the New Testament covenant? 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16. The Bible says, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. There it is. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. There's your verse. But we have these things, Paul wrote, for we have the mind of Christ. You can say it every day. I have access to God's thoughts. Why? Because you've got the You're one with him. You are literally one with the Spirit, one with the Lord. And you've got the mind of Christ. Finite thoughts. Infinite thought. Because I'm connected to God by covenant. Mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Wonderful. Have the mind of Christ. That's back. somebody is everything good with the stream am i back anyone at all are you there They cut off or am I there? Somebody shoot me a comment. Oh, there we go. All right, we're back. Confession number 19. My children will be mighty. Put it in the comments. My children will be mighty. Praise God. That's 112. Read it to you. Verse 2. Psalm 112, verse 2. Talking about those that are that delight in obeying God's commands, those who fear the Lord. 
Psalm 112, verse 2. Those people, their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. The ESV says, "My chil- their children will be mighty. Glory to God. Which I'm also confessing for your grandchildren. If you've Your children and your grandchildren will be mighty. New Living Translation says this way, my children will be successful everywhere. Everywhere. My kids, what they set their hand to do, they'll be blessed. They'll be successful. They'll have great ideas, efficiency, and effectiveness. They're empowered to do more parents ever did. In Jesus' name, my children will be successful everywhere. Even if you don't have kids, you ought to declare it if you're believing that one day you'll be married with children. My kids will be successful everywhere. Oh, it's working for you, Denise. She said that that's worked for us this far. Oh, it works for you. Your children are blessed. Your children are blessed. Britt, your children are successful in everything they do. Little Lucy will be successful. And Zoe are successful in everything they do. Amen. Amen. Number 20. Number 20. God's mercies are brand new in your life every day. Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. His mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord. His mercies are new every morning. So you declare it, confession number 20. Every day, God's mercies are new in my life. Every day. Thank you, Jesus. His mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness. That's a wonderful thing. I mean, that's something to shout. That's enough to shout about all by itself. The fact that his mercies are new in your life every single morning. You wake up, new mercies. New mercies. You woke up today. New mercies. New mercies. When I was in Bible school, there was a song we used to do. And my voice is tired, but I'll try it. The the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. That's Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Great is thy faithfulness. They are new every morning. New every morning. That's what you declare. I woke up today. His mercies were new. Over my life, over my family, over my children. New mercies. New mercies. Hallelujah. New mercies. (laughs) I love you, Liz. Confession 21. Remember, I'm giving you all the way up to 23 today. Giving you 13. Confession 21. I love this one. You ready? God is listening to me and hears all of my prayers. God is listening to me and hears all my prayers. I'm going to say it again. That's something to make you excited about. God is listening to me. He's listening to me. Hears all of my prayers, not just a few of them. He's listening to every prayer of the righteous. The Bible says so in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. First Peter verse chapter three, 
and verse 12, what does the Bible say? The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. Come on, man. I've had people come to me. Pastor Ted, just pray for me. I just don't know. I just don't know if God's hearing my prayers. You don't have to wonder anymore. You don't have to wonder, Brother Ted, I just don't know. What can I do to make God hear my prayers? I just feel like the heavens are brass. I just feel like he's not here. No, you don't have to wonder anymore. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Thank you, Lord. His ears are open to your prayers. In fact, it's always best to make it personal when you read it. The eyes of the Lord are on me because I'm righteous. Are open to my prayers. Make it as personal as you can. Make it as personal as you can. God's eyes are on me because I'm righteous, and his ears are open to my prayers. Open to my prayers. Confession number 22 today. Get this in your spirit. And I'll read this. I'm going to read this whole psalm to you. I'll read the whole thing because this is powerful. I mean, all of God's word is powerful, but I, got, I read this today. All eight verses stirred me up. Stirred me up. Confession 22. God is preserving my life from evil everywhere I go. God is preserving my life from evil Everywhere I go. That's number 22. Number 22. God is preserving my life from evil. Everywhere I go. Psalm 121. I'll read you all eight verses of the psalm. Listen to this. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. That's Psalm 121, all eight verses, verses one through eight. God is preserving your life from evil everywhere you go, in Jesus' name. Everywhere you go. And then the final one for today, let me give you confession number 23. Hallelujah. I love this. God is showing his mighty power in my life because I'm his loyal child. Say that with me, number 23. God is showing his mighty power in my life because I'm his loyal child. That is big right there. And I'm basing that, of course, on 2 Chronicles chapter and verse number nine. I'll read you that, the New Living Translation today. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. One translation says to show himself strong and mighty on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. God is showing his mighty power in your life. 
because you're his loyal child, because you're loyal to him, like this verse says. He's looking for people that are fully committed, loyal to him. When he finds them, he shows himself strong and mighty on their behalf. That's going to be your story in Jesus' name. That's going to be your story. God's mighty power will be seen in your life because you're his loyal child. Hallelujah. People won't understand it. They won't. They'll look at it and just say, how? How? How did that happen for you? Where'd that come from? How'd you, what? They won't understand it. They don't get it. It's God showing himself mighty in your life, strong in your life, because you're fully committed to him. You're loyal to him. Amen. Praise God. That's 13 confessions today. I'm going to give you 13 more tomorrow. And I can't wait to put this in your hands. It's, I've got, you know, I'll tell you, it's amazing. Over the last probably month, maybe two months, over the last two months, God has overwhelmed me with so many ideas for these books that I need to get into your hands that I'm I'm just, I'm praying about which one needs to be. I'm writing, I've, I've started four or five uh, books. I've started, I've like written the ch- first chapter of like four or five different books. And over this last two months, I would say, uh, the Lord's just given me at least four or five books that need to be in your hands. And uh, I'm going to get them out as quickly as possible and put them in your hands. Because God's doing something mighty through his people in these final moments of time. And it's the truth that we need. The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Debbie said, I feel like I can conquer this day. Go do it. Go do it. Father, I pray for every person listening. I pray for every person that's watching that you would strengthen them today mightily. Give them wisdom. Give them access to those divine thoughts. Guide them perfectly. Give them boldness. Open doors for them. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for that. I give you praise that you're using us for your purpose, for your glory. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your mercies in our lives. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you that it's getting better and better and better. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.